Hosea chapter 11, verse 1. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I have called my son. Dennis and Jane were in shock. Their beloved daughter, Sally, now 18, had just informed them that she was moving in with a young man. Dear, remember how much Jesus loved you. He was willing to die for your sins in order to make you a holy child of God. Don't turn away from that love. It's more valuable than your affection for this young man. But she refused to listen, walked out of the house. Sally had erected a wall between herself and Jesus, between herself and her parents. They, in their dark grief, prayed and turned to Scripture and eventually turned to the book of Hosea. And as they read there about the Lord's divine agony facing Israel's spiritual adultery, they found that their own emotional distress deeply resonated with the Lord's expression of his utter dismay. The Lord said, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And with the Lord, Dennis and Jane looked back at the precious moments when they had held Sally as a tiny child in their arms Their memories moved on to those young years when they taught her her first words, first steps, first attempts to play catch. And then a kaleidoscope of heart-bursting scenes as they remembered her growing over the years, uh, developing talents in, in music, athletics, theater, and yes, confessing her faith in Jesus. But then the last years in which Sally had continued to grow in more stubbornness and self-sufficiency that had now brought about this open rebellion against Jesus. They cried, Lord, what else should we have done? And they prayed, Lord, restore your precious lamb. It dawned on them that in their heartbroken prayer over their wayward daughter, they were also sharing in fellowship with the Lord. In his heartbroken anguish, not over one rebel, but over a nation of rebels who at the time of Hosea had for two centuries and more been bent on backsliding, sharing in his heartbroken suffering, not over one soul, but over billions. The Lord cries out in that emotional distress, deliberating whether he must now give up on his wandering children. My heart churns within me. Such anguish led Dennis and Jane to look inside their own hearts. 
Shall not we also? For the Lord has indeed spread a table of undeserved heavenly bounties before us in the wilderness of this world, lavished us with the loving assurance, you are a child of God. And when you were a child, I loved you. I came. I was even born in a manger. In order to teach you to walk and talk, to give you life. I came even to the cross to give you the gospel assurances. Your sins have been forgiven. Your souls redeemed in my own holy precious blood. I am your substitute. You are the holy child of God in me. And yet, how often have we made excuses for disobedience and walked according to the imagination of our own hearts? How often have we given priority to worldly pleasures over Jesus' love? How often haven't we just gone through the motions of religion? How often haven't we just been going through the motions of listening in chapel? or to sermons without it entering our heart? How often haven't the words of God been at our ears but not taking root in our hearts? How often haven't prayers and promises cascaded from our lips without coming from or taking residence in our heart? And how often Haven't we given up on others? Well, they're just not worthy. When we are no better. Oh Lord, because of your grace and your mercy, give us more grace. Forgive our sins and restore your precious lamb. And the Lord's heart so churns for Israel, for you, that he responds, out of Egypt, I have called my son. Matthew chapter 2 tells us that that prophecy was fulfilled when after Jesus' parents, Joseph and Mary, had fled with him to Egypt to evade Herod's wrath, the Lord called them back. For Jesus to fulfill his mission of saving our souls. Instead of giving up on us, the Father gave us his beloved Son. He brought his love to fulfillment. Jesus came under the bondage of this world's sin in order to deliver you from all your sin, from death, and yes, from the power of the devil. If God had given up on us, Jesus would have never come into this world to be rejected by his own. If God had given up on us, Jesus certainly would not put up with a world that slaughters innocent babies for selfish ambition. If God had given up on us, Jesus would never endured the bondage of the cross for our sins. The Lord did not give up on us, but gave us Jesus. 
the incarnate Son of God, born to save us. Isaiah 9, unto us. A child is born unto us. A son is given. And the true son, he never rejected his father's will. He was completely submissive also to his earthly parents, even though this is the one child who did know better than his parents. He implicitly trusted his heavenly father's will at every turn. He explicitly obeyed his father's will in every trial. He would not turn the stones to bread because he was hungry, but trusted his father's will. He would not jump off the temple to prove to the world how great he really was, but trusted his father's purpose. He would not take the easy way out to avoid suffering, but trusted his father's plan and so spoke an absolute no to Satan and a wholehearted yes to the will of his father. Instead of giving up, the father gave you his son that you might be his sons. First John 3, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Hosea was to proclaim to Israel, Lo ami, you are not my people. But even then, God was not giving up on them. He was sending them his prophet to call them back from the desolation they were choosing to sonship in Christ. And so Dennis and Jane realized that God was calling them to not give up on Sally, but to continue calling her back to Jesus in the gift of his son for you. The Father is calling you. Don't give up. Give Christ. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Hymn 73, 73, stanzas 4 and 5.